For Truth with a Texas Twain, Fireside Talk Radio, the show where women ponder the things we store in our hearts. Host Kathy Carafi invites experts to talk openly about what women care about, like how to create lifelong companionship, dealing with mental illness in our families, bullying at school, and many others. You name it, we talk about it. Listen in now as Kathy helps us find answers to our most tender questions. Welcome to Camp Crafty's Fireside Talk Radio, where our goal is to ponder over all the tried and true stuff women store in our hearts as we knit our families together in lifelong fellowship. Our favorite verse on this show is Luke 2.19, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Now, first, I want to thank our sponsor, Home Instead Senior Care recruits the most devoted caregivers. All caregivers are thoroughly screened, extensively trained, professional, and reliable, providing senior home care services in your loved one's home. All right, I'm going to welcome my special friend and co-host and daughter, Anna Crafty Pierce. Welcome to the show. Hi, Mom. It's good to be here. Okay, I'm going to just... Just so excited. Oh, sorry. Me too. We've got a great show. I mean, really, we've got to get moving. But before before we do, because I forgot last time we did one, I forgot to mention all the other things we've done on reading. We we have done an episode on on dyslexia, which is fabulous. Please look for that. We also did one on comic books and also how to create generational readers using the classics that we all love. Those good classic books you can hardly find anymore. I even gave you the reference on where to find them. So don't miss those. If, if you hadn't found, if you haven't heard those, you're going to want to listen to them. And don't forget, you can sign up for kathycrafty.com. C-A-T-H-Y-K-R-A-F as in Frank, V as in Victor, E as in Edward.com. If you go there and you click on the button to join the Fireside Tribe, then you'll get our weekly free blogs, all the interviews we do with experts. So I really hope you'll do that. If you really love what we do and you want to sign up for my book launch club, I I mean, yeah, well, book launch club is what I call it. It's my friends that love books so much they're willing to help me get the word out about ours. And I send them kind of special gifts every now and then. So this, uh, the last, one of the last things I did was send them one of the crafts out of the book you and I are working on together. So they'll test. Yeah, that was my gift to my book launch club. Isn't that cool? So uh, anyway, yeah, I think people are really going to love that. I I can't wait to start getting feedback on that. I just sent it out not long ago. Okay, so today we're talking about how to help your kids tell their own stories. I'm calling it memoirs for kids because I just think that's kind of an interesting thought that that we are going to teach our kids how to write their own memoir. I thought of this after I talked to you. We should include scrapbooking. It's such a great way to get kids to love reading. I have a scrapbook in front of me. That's exactly oh, where okay. I was going. Great minds think alike. Okay, and, and I want to talk about journals in front of me. <laughs> I know, and we've talked so much about education and travel. We won't spend much time on that today, but we will mention it, and you can find so much more on our website. And the other thing I want to talk about is I want to reclaim this word liberal. 
Now, I am so tired of politicians taking great words like liberal and conservative and making them into something they use as an insult or as a some kind of badge of honor. So I want to give us a new definition of liberal. Well, I really think it's reclaiming the old definition, honestly. So how do you feel about all that? I think anytime you take language out of a political arena or out of a large bureaucratic arena and you make it personal that there's more accountability and that's a really good thing the word becomes more useful again more nuanced okay well i'm going to tell you what i think the word liberal really means and so i consider myself both a liberal and a conservative and i wish i was more of both but here's my good definition of liberal a life lifelong learning about the generosity of sharing yourself. I love that. I love the idea of you get credit for being generous when you share yourself. And instead of asking other people to pay for things with their tax dollars or whatever, to me, a true liberal is somebody who's willing to share themselves and really go the extra mile to help people in their own their own ways that they can in their own neighborhood if necessary. So I love that. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And and I think it is it does require sacrifice to give yourself. And and vulnerability. That's a very vulnerable thing to do. So I want to say that that word Brave. we we like people like to give themselves that label now because it does it's a word that has a long history of really positive ideas. So I went back to find, I didn't want anybody lately talking about how bad liberalism is or how great it is, the politicians. I wanted somebody that predated all the politicians in American history. So I picked Aristotle, and here's what he said, uh, I know, about liberalism. So this is going to turn your thinking on the head if you're a political person. It says, of all the varieties of virtues, liberalism is the most beloved. That's from Aristotle. So, with that in mind, let's talk about how we can help kids learn to tell their own stories in a very generous, liberal, self-giving kind of way, and how that can make them better readers. You have some thoughts on that? Okay, well, now that we're talking about share themselves in the context of stories, I'm going to take a little different tact. I, I love the idea of scrapbooks. I'm looking at my travel journals. I and, and my, the books I made on Shutterfly because they're so durable and they're story picture yeah. stories. And I thought those would be great segues. But truthfully, you know, one of my favorite experiences as a family we did that involved being vulnerable, sharing ourselves, a truly liberal experience was when we sat down and we talked about giving and in the monetary oh. sense. But part of that conversation was we talked about what we were passionate about, how we could do good. And, and then we figured out where, like if, if your passion was helping people through medicine and being a proponent of that, and my passion was education, well, where do those overlap? And, uh-huh. and learning about each other's passions and callings as far as how to give and, and where to volunteer and giving that direction. I, when you talk about giving of ourselves and telling stories, that's where my brain goes. That's interesting because your dad and I both really love Bethesda Clinic because of the way they give themselves in our own neighborhood, helping people that are hardworking Americans who just can't afford the ridiculous cost of insurance anymore. And it's not a free clinic or a charity clinic. It's a neighborly 
clinic where people help each other and so many doctors volunteer nurses and all kinds of churches join together across denominational lines it's just really sweet but you're right it does it does pull together not only all that community conversation that we needed to be having around healthcare for us that was a plus but also taking responsibility to give ourselves not just ask the government to do it and also um of course growing up in a home where my dad was a doctor i had a, a natural compassion for people who hurt my dad always wanted to help anyone who was physically a you know and, ailing and but my where i would give would be slightly different but everything you just said about bethesda would be true about the places that I feel that tug on my heart and in my spirit to give. It's they, they bring those organizations, bring people together. They re, they require of my heart that I have skin in the game, that I give money that I earn through my time and hard work, or that I go and volunteer. They, they require me, according to your definition, to be liberal. And when we, the reason that the real, the other reason that came to mind is when we sat down as a family to do that, it was a directed thing where we all sat around a table and the, the gal who led it, who was so lovely and professional about it all had a couple different, like almost games we played that involved words Yeah. where we picked yeah. our favorite character qualities and we picked our, we got to share our passions with each other and listen to each other, essentially tell a part of our story and we were required to do it. It was a little vulnerable. And for some people in our group, they hadn't thought it through. So they were thinking on the spot or they were more introverted. And being in a group like that and sharing their heart was uncomfortable. But it was really good yeah. for our family because it because we were vulnerable and shared what was in our hearts together in the same place, in the same context. We have a shared, even though we don't always agree, like we're giving to different things and we have different callings. We have this shared feeling of teamwork. Like I'm aware of where you and dad give your money and I'm thankful because while it's not where I get to give my money, I know that good is being done and I'm part of the family team. And it's, I get a little in my heart. It's just good. I love that. And that, we you had know, a that's conversation when, early. Yeah, it's probably been 10 years ago or more. Uh -huh. um, and one, one thing I want to say about that is just if you're listening in and you're wondering, could I do that with my family? Don Franks of Your Philanthropy walked us through that. And I've written many articles because I just love what she does with middle class people. She helped us focus what we would do as middle class people. So philanthropy sounds like a big fancy word, but in the case, if, if you're interested, you should definitely contact Dawn. She's so lovely and approachable. She works with all varieties of people. So I just wanted to mention that. Anna, we're going to have to go to break already. So when we come back, oh, I want to talk a little a little bit more very practical stuff about help helping kids create a scrapbook and tell their own stories. Um, we're so complex. Brad Pitt said this. I don't usually quote actors, but I'm making an exception for this great quote. We're so complex. We're mysteries to ourselves. We're difficult to, to each other. And then storytelling reminds us we're all the same. Isn't that oh, great? That is. It really brings down barriers. So don't forget if you're driving, I don't want you to have a wreck. If you're on your bike or walking, if you're listening in, go to kathycraffy.com and you can find all this there, this podcast, and many, many more. Stay with us. We're going to come back after the break. 
And when we do, we're going to be talking more. In fact, I'm going to probably tell a cemetery story. (laughs) I don't know. I hope I remember. You might want to nudge me to remember that one. So I like this, what George Lucas said. He said, storytelling is about two things. It's about character and plot. So I love that quote as well. We're going to be talking about the characters in our life and how we get our kids to put some of that on paper. Stay with us. Right here, it's Truth with a Texas Twang, and we're going to be right back. We don't want to miss a moment at Fireside Talk Radio, so stay tuned for more adventures as we talk about the things women store and ponder in their hearts. More Truth with a Texas Twang when we return. You ought to see my blue-eyed Sally. She lives way down on Shimbone Alley. The number on the gate and the number on the door in the next house over is a grocery store. Want to move from coexisting to cherished? From isolated to influential? Hi, this is Kathy. Just for you, we have two books out now devoted to creating better conversations. Life-changing conversational adventures. Marriage Conversations, From Coexisting to Cherished, is 20 chapters packed with easy, practical ideas. This is the book I wrote for my kids. It's brimming over with personal stories and stuff I learned the hard way. Then, The Well, The Art of Drawing Out Authentic Conversations explores over 40 different ways Jesus launched the woman at the well from lonely to leadership. You can find our books with our wonderful publishers, Cross River Media and Elk Lake Publishers, at local bookstores or at Amazon.com. Buy two, one to read out loud to your hubby and one to share with a friend. Order yours today and have your own conversational adventures tonight. What if I told you there was a new place for senior care? A place where mom's bathtub recitals are met with rousing applause? Where Lola the Yorkie Poo has the run of the place? A place where corn dogs are on the menu whenever? It's home, where mom built her life. Call Home Instead Senior Care at 1-800-455-CARE or visit homeinstead.com to learn more about in-home services like 24-hour care, memory care, hospice support, and meals and nutrition. Oh, miles and miles of Texas. Yeah. We want to thank our generous sponsors for making these candid conversations possible at Fireside Talk Radio where we talk openly about the things women store and ponder in their hearts, where truth and Texas twang meet. Hey, welcome back. Now, I just read a quote by George Lucas. I don't even remember if I told you who said it, but George Lucas, I mean, he's an amazing storyteller. And one thing I liked about this one sentence comment is my editors would love this. Every editor, like I had so many editors work on my books with me, and every one of them would love this because it's only one sentence long and it really packs the information in there. So I'm going to read that again. Storytelling is about two things. It's about character and plot. George Lucas. Okay, so on a character and plot, talk to me a little bit about how we, you're a teacher, how do we teach our kids to tell their own story and remind them to develop their character, which is an understanding of who they are and the people around them. And then 
develop the plot. I mean, they're just little kids. They don't have much of a life yet, right? I mean, they don't have like, like we hope they don't have too much uh, plot in their life yet. I was just on the break. We were just talking about one of my favorite ever scrapbooks she made was not for me. It was for a cousin. And the beauty of that was it was just like one week she stayed with us. And the characters, they were us. It was us grinning and being happy. And the plot was <laughs> that that when she looked back at that scrapbook, she knew that we loved her and that we had had fun together and that we wanted her to come back. Like that was the plot Aww. of the scrapbook. It was just having fun together and every page reflected that and that may be my standout scrapbook of all time okay I think if we're going to say that we got to tell about this like exactly what we did because they were funny so what what I did I went to I took all these pictures this was kind of before iPhones I guess I took them on a regular camera I think it was digital though even maybe I yeah probably and so I took him to the to somewhere where they could turn them around really fast. And I got double copies of all these pictures I'd taken the first. I knew the kids were going to be with us, the cousins, about a week. So the first day I took tons and tons and tons of pictures, the first two days. Then I took them to the, you know, the Get them photo developed. shop, got them developed, and then I brought them back. And I divided them into piles so each kid had their own pile. And they glued them into onto pages and then they wrote a story that had nothing to do at all with uh, our lives. Yeah. So like one in, of them, they I, were a superhero. <laughs> yes. I was just fixing to say, I still have the one that we made for Will. He was only like two or three years old. And in it, he was the superhero, like incognito. And his dad was the big superhero. Will was the sidekick as a toddler. And then all these pictures of them, it was like them rescuing people in their blow-up boat and all this funny stuff that we just thought of. And then we we glued stars all over it. And it's and so when you read it, if you didn't know our family, it would still be a funny book. Because it's just photographs of what we did that week. Because we hauled a raft, a blow-up raft, down to the lake. And we we played in the hose in black trash bags. Like, we used black trash bags as raincoats. We popped a hole for our heads and our arms and... Oh, I forgot about that. Playing in the sprinkler. And I don't know how we worked that photograph into the plot. I can't remember. But it was such a fun activity. And it allowed ourselves, hmm, we got to see ourselves as something different because we took those photos and we rearranged the order and we we made ourselves into characters for a plot. And, you know, you don't have blank page syndrome when you're looking at the photos. You just make them work and you tell a silly story. Well, and that's what it was. It was just a silly story. I remember Kelly's, I think it was Kelly's or her brothers that had, uh, the aliens had invaded and they were trying to capture Kelly. And so there was one of her brother eating meat with barbecue sauce, Texas barbecue sauce all over his face. And and so we just made up a plot like that. Yeah, like he was the alien eating people or something. It's really dumb stuff. But I need to tell tell our listing friends, this is particularly poignant to us because Kelly died at a very early age. And so the memories we have with her are very treasured to us. And I really love that that scrapbook that ended up at my house was the one for Will as a little baby boy. And eventually he'll take it with him someday, I hope. But in the meantime, when I look back at those pictures, because it was such a sweet memory with her, the time we got to spend together, that's just a very tender 
one of my favorite scrapbooks too on it. I mean, that was just a fun project, wasn't it? And and then Tyler, our other dear cousin, who's part of that, you know, he's a dad now. So I've yeah. gotten to see what his, you know, like yeah. what his kids look like. And I look back and that's, they're in, we're going to blink and his baby girl is going to be the age we were in those photos. So it's just a dear yeah. thing when you, when you're game to be a little vulnerable, to put your story and, and help your kids figure out how to communicate part of who they are on paper, whether it's through photographs or words, it, life comes back around and those memories, it's dear that we have those memories on paper that we did that hard work. I'm looking at a yeah, book, scrapbook it, I made in college from a birthday where all my friends wrote something and made silly faces for me to put in a scrapbook. Oh. And I have a scrapbook of, in travel scrapbooks. I always put all the addresses because I'm going to write postcards back oh. to family in the back of the scrapbook that I take with me, the little journal for travel. I have a list of all the, the snail mail, real mail addresses of people I'm going to send postcards to. To tell a story. Okay, I'm going to interrupt you a minute because we're staying on target with our ideas about helping moms teach their kids to read in creative ways. To love reading, not, you know, get through it, but to really love it. And so I like your idea about the postcards. Our family always, my, my parents started this. Whenever they traveled, they would send a postcard individually to each grandchild and we all got to where we look forward to getting them. And some of the kids even saved their collection of postcards from their grandparents. So they have postcards from all over the world with their name on it and a very short, easy to read message. Yes, yeah. Always so that's, that's a, and actually my dad was kind of notorious for Xeroxing his letters to us. So the fact that you got a whole sentence is pretty amazing. <laughs> but well, you know, the one anyway, my children just got postcards from Miami from you and dad. And those were like field yeah. guides. We just talked about field guides in the, in earlier in the last episode. And you know, the wonderful thing about what you sent them is it was literally four sentences. You used your best, best print handwriting so they could try and read it themselves. Yes. And one of them was about a pink flamingo, obviously for my daughter who loves pink. And the other one was about an alligator and that was perfect. And, looks like much, and they got mail. And who looks, the dinosaur, the alligator looks like a dinosaur. I just want to make sure everybody understands. Yeah. I really do know how my grandson thinks. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but, like, but being maybe a dinosaur child and thinking of it as a field guide, he looked at that and he went, but mama, it's not a dinosaur. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Your parent knows that. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I didn't know the rest of the story. Well, okay. So the point. The point is, if you have kids that are a little bit reticent about reading, there are some great ways to do that with traveling and scrapbooking and telling your own story. Sure. I'm going to finish up with, with the cemetery story. So there is a story in our family that came down through us the, through the back door because my great-grandmother lost a child in childbirth, and my great-grandfather buried that child in the Austin Cemetery downtown by the Capitol, not far from the Capitol, just a few blocks, Back then, you know, it was the 1800s. He didn't have to have a permit or anything. Well, he did not expect his wife to live. When she did live, he didn't know where that baby was buried because he couldn't remember. He was so distracted when he buried the child. So they always pretended like they knew, and they took her to that place and let her Aww. grieve. But I know it's a sweet story, but that's a very, it's a very tender story in our family. It came down because... He told one of his sons who told the cousins who told me 
my we don't think our great grandmother ever knew that that she didn't know where the baby was you know buried at the buried. cemetery yeah. so i so when we took y'all to the cemetery i know you remember this it was kind of a it was kind of a family learning time sometimes people forget cemeteries have a lot of family history and they only have a few consonants and vowels on the tombstones so i love cemeteries for helping children know their own story and put together the sounds that vowels and consonants make. I just want to and throw that out there. You can find other people's stories when you look at the dates. And numbers are often hard for little kids. It's important. It's a wonderful place to practice and identify numbers. But you can you can notice like you'll you'll see family relationships and and see parts of people's stories there in the cemetery when you start connecting names and dates. I love to do that. And I also. Here's an interesting thing. You can take rubbing as an artist. One of the things yes. I love is rubbing. Yes. You can take a piece of paper and a crayon and you can record like you can let your kids rub the letter A off, you know, put the paper gently in a respectful way on the tombstone, rub the letter off, and then they have it to take with them the, the letter they found. So cemeteries are very interesting and they're like parks. They're beautiful. I've probably said this on air before, but we do not hesitate to take a little picnic with us. And of course, we're always careful and take all our trash away with us. But we've just taught our children that it's one more place to be reverential. And now our grandchildren too. Cemeteries are a place to be reverential and to slow down. They're a good place for solitude and respectful quiet. Anna, I hate to end this segment, but I'm going to have to. Do you want one more quote? Do you want to, to sign off? What would you like to do? I think I'm good. I love the idea that in teaching our children to tell their stories, we're also tying that with even the idea of, you know, death is not the end of the story. And so oh. cemeteries often have this spooky um, kind of sad quality. And I believe in respecting that because it is about remembering people and people are important and innately valuable. But, but for believers, for people who know God loves them and has redeemed them through Jesus, that is not the end of the story. And it's an important thing to communicate to kids that we are not afraid of death. And so the resurrection like is happening in the future. I love exactly. that. I'm so glad you ended with that. Jesus is coming back and the resurrection will happen. And we're all looking forward to that, especially those of us of who love. Yes, those of us who love the Lord know we will be back with him soon. Thank you for joining us today and for listening in. You can find all of this and more on Kathy Craffy, K-R-A-F is in Frank, V is in Victor, E is in Edward.com. Please sign up to get our stuff in your inbox and just know we do this because we love you. You are the reason we get together and make these plans about what we want to talk yeah. about, what we can share that will bless you. We want you to be a really successful parent and wife and daughter and leader. We want your influence to spread throughout our culture and community. And that's what we're all about. So we hope you'll find us and sign up to get our stuff directly. If you join my book, book club, book launch club, you're going to get some really cool stuff in the mail too. Actually, we don't, I don't ask for favors very often, but if you want to help us, that's a good way to do it. And so thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us today where we speak truth with a Texas twang about the very things that touch our hearts. 
Thank you for joining us today and we will see you again next week.